0: Content may not be appropriate for all listeners. Listener's discretion is advised. Listeners to WTF Are You Talking About, the podcast where we don't know what we're talking about until you do. I'm Katie. I'm Decker And <laughs> we're here to ask each other, well, what the fuck are you talking about? Alright, just don't ask me what the fuck I'm doing. Yep. Yeah, I wish I could not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Threw me off my immediately derailed. yep Good.
0: So here's how it works. We have six categories of topics, and the next episode's contents will be determined by the roll of a die. So we have categories of things Build it up. <laughs> that I've Dramatic. suddenly all forgotten. Drumroll, please. We have true crime, paranormal, history and education, science and technology, entertainment, and current events. So we use an eight-sided die. So if you roll a one, then you're going to roll a six-sided die for those same six categories, except it's going to be local, so Idaho or any state bordering Idaho. And if you roll an eight, then it's a wild, and you get to pick whatever the hell you want. Whoop, whoop. I didn't have my page open to my, my notes for the intro, even though I know I don't need them, because I've said it, like, fucking 50 times. Yeah,
1: it's like it's like at work, like, when it's people ask me what the phone number is for work, we had the phone number on our mouse pad, so instinctually, anytime anyone asks me for the, the phone cat, number, I uh-huh. look at the mouse pad that doesn't exist there anymore to try and get the phone <laughs> number. I still know the number. Yeah. Which um, is funny that I bring that up. Brendan, for some reason, he's worked at there for to getting closer to three years, mm-hmm. he does not know the phone number by memory, which I everyone at work promptly gave him shit about because we're like, how do you not know? He's like, I always looked at it on the mouse pad. I'm like, you still didn't know that? Like, You did phone calls for like uh, a year and a <laughs> half. I don't even know. I'm sorry about oh that. God. Please forgive me.
0: No, I... So I have a problem now where I say our phone number at work so often that when I go places and people ask me for my phone number, I give them the work
1: number that's like when i call places or people i answer phone i want to say like like this is decker from t-sheets <laughs> <laughs> but like i can't
0: I was at ulta clearly the, that would be weird i was at ulta the other day and they asked for my phone number to pull up my rewards account and they were like yeah that's that's not bringing anything up and i was like yeah no it wouldn't because that's that's a hospital here's my number <laughs> You passed the test. Was, there was like a line of people behind me and I was like, oh God, they all think I'm an idiot now. Cool. Great. That's Stellar. Okay. <sighs> well, Decker, what the fuck are you talking about? Well,
1: I got science and technology. This is going to be a bit different because it's going to be more of a philosophical discussion about science and technology. No, it's not about AI. Will I do that at some point? Yes. I have a weird love for artificial intelligence. Only because they will be our overlords at one point or another, and I need them to know that I love them. But! <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> you have a face here.
0: Well, yeah, so I just think, so, I, I feel like, the,
1: Okay. let me try it's, that again. All right. yeah, no, 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 <laughs> take two. I
0: feel like this would probably be more, fucking shit. <laughs> no, no, it's okay,
1: it's okay, I have more clipboards, right? And take three, go!
0: <laughs> I feel like this would be more of a history and education role, but... Since it is a portmanteau, Scientology, science and technology. Oh! (laughs) But that would definitely be a
1: history education. Without my happiness meter. Yes. Um, but yeah, so that one, I real, I really want to talk about that. I don't know, like I become more and more fascinated with it. I think it's just because lately, did I ever show you the video of uh, the so the robot that they're working on that like can like learn and stuff, like not fall and like be able to walk in any environment and stuff, can freaking parkour. No? I will show you this. Okay. Which is terrifying. It's a Terminator. It's working on it, which is why I need to love it. But, it's, it's okay, my knee. Um, uh, uh, okay, uh, that was a great sound bye. I'm sure that'll be fine. Um, but, uh, this is going to be a conversation because this, the other thing I'm talk, uh, that I'm going to talk about is going to be a future at some point or another. Maybe not soon, maybe not in our lifetime, but it will become a thing at some point. Um, and uh, what I'm going to be talking about really stems from a movie, and that is Gattaca. I
0: have not seen Gattaca. You have
1: not seen Gattaca. I have not
0: seen Gattaca. Oh though. my god, it's so good. It's so
1: underrated. It flopped at the box office. Its budget was 36 million. Guess how much money it made?
0: It's, uh, probably more than ten dollars.
1: <laughs> You're not wrong. There was at least one person I went to go see it. Um. <laughs> It made twelve point five million. Oh, yeah! It it did. It's funny because it has like Ethan Hawke and Jude Law Mm -hmm. in it. Like, so my my
0: only like mental connection that I can make with Gattaca is from an episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Why is that? Um, I don't remember what the situation was, but Salem is saying that like. I don't even remember what he was saying, but he, instead of saying Gattaca, he says Katica, because he is a cat.
1: Kataka. Yes. Um, but yeah, I'm talking about this because one of the things that I've, i am also been really interested in, like, evolution and concepts of that and, like, what happens, like, with your genes and, like, how those get altered and stuff like that. And so Gattaca is a movie based off of the concept that in the future it is almost frowned upon to have... Babies out of nature, otherwise known as like faith babies or God children, is what they're called. Mm-hmm. Because it's like you're having a kid, and like you're leaving everything up to chance. Mm, okay. Which in this world's eyes, it seems dumb and irrational because um, they have the technology to basically look at all the potential. Children, you could have, and you can pick the best one of that, and of basically giving it the best potential life it could ever mm-hmm. have like, uh, keeping it from getting any kind of like diseases and making sure it's healthy and very smart and set up for success. And in this movie, you have uh, Vincent. And it's, his name is Vincent Freeman, which his last name is hilarious. But, I mean, it's kind of a given because he's, mm-hmm. in a sense, um, at the end of the movie, he he basically beats the system, in a sense. Because what this movie basically talks about is this genetic fortune telling, which is what really caught my eye. Because we're getting better in our current society with identifying things that are going to go wrong with people's, like, things in their genetics that could cause yeah. them to have different kind of, like, disabilities or... Um, <clears throat> What's the word I'm looking for? Non-communicable d- diseases, right? Mm-hmm. Like diabetes type 1 and other things like that. And so in this movie, though, he's born and he's supposed to have like a semi-high likelihood of getting like ADHD. He has a 99% chance of having a heart issue leading to him. Basically, after reading off all the details, he's expected to die at the age of 30. Oh, Like as soon as he's born, they take his genomes and stuff and they can find out everything about him and, like, what, like, it's not, like, everything you'll ever do in life, but it's basically your potential and an estimation as to, like, w- what you can do. Right? It even says, like, neurological, like, neurologically and stuff, I guess he has a 60% capability, which I think from what they were saying is basically your intelligence level, like, mm-hmm. how intelligent, comparative to most humans can you be? Like, are you, you're in the 60th percentile? Are you the 100th percentile? Um, but he's born, um... To his, uh, you know, from his parents, and this whole time they basically treat treat him like he's basically on death's door always, and he hated that because he's like he gets scraped knee, and all of a sudden it's like he has to like go to the doctor and make sure that he's not gonna die. And eventually, his parents have another kid, and they have this genetically born, like basically the cream of the crop that ever could happen between these two individuals, mm-hmm. right? Everything that's best under both their genetics combined, and the 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 doctor who's talking to them, um, they said they want to leave some things up to chance. Because they're, like... The originally couple was like, we just want to make sure that there's not going to be anything that could negatively impact our child. right? We want to make sure that he can have a full life, and the, the, mainly because of Vincent, they don't want him to, you know... Mm-hmm. They don't want him to keel off as early as Vincent's supposedly going to be. Because they were devastated, because they're like, I'm going to outlive my kid. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the doctor says... There's no reason to leave anything up to chance. You can pick everything. I mean, if you don't like the eyes or anything like that, you can pick everything. So why leave it up to chance? Right? If you can literally shape this, you know, being's future and make sure you can give them everything they could ever need, what's the point? And so it becomes a story where eventually both Vincent and uh no, not Jerome Who's Vincent's brother. Do, 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 do.
0: do you know how old Ethan Hawke was in this movie?
1: How old Ethan Hawke
0: was in this movie?
1: Oh, there's 97. Uh and let's see, Ethan Hawke. He was very young. I know that much. 70. So he was 27. Okay. Cuz yeah, cuz it was it was released in 97. So he was fairly young and then uh, yeah, there was Jude Law.
0: I feel like I watched something the other day that had, like, a little baby Ethan Hawke in it. Fuck, what was baby it? Baby Hawk? Fuck, 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 fuck. Fuck! Dead Poet Society. Oh, okay. Yeah, the one that
1: I still yet to see. Oh
0: my god, it's so good.
1: Um, but they, basically, um, he's always been compared to his younger brother, who ends up being taller than him, stronger than him, supposedly smarter than him. And then they start having these races in the water... To where they can outswim each other, and um Vincent always loses to Anton, and again Anton's his brother. Mm-hmm. And then there's one day where he ends up beating Anton. And it's a day after he was trying to study his books because he wanted to go to space. You know, and everyone tells him he can't do that because he's an invalid. And by that I means like he's basically he since he was a god child mm-hmm. kind of thing he's technically not a valid human being in this society because he wasn't chosen to exist. Mm-hmm. Which is, for me, it's like, the concept of that just sounds horrific because it's almost like, um, they explain, it's not about, there's no longer class or, like, race or anything like that. It's literally your genetics. So if your genetics are better than everyone else, you're considered, a like, the top, like, cream of the crop human being. Whereas if you're, like, someone like an invalid, you're, like, l- like, lower middle class Mm -hmm. poverty because you can't get
0: like an untouchable
1: because you can't yeah because you can't get certain jobs because your genetics basically what they're saying is your genetic potential is not you can't grow Mm -hmm. they're using genetics as every baseline so like like, if you wanted, wanted to go into space, he'd have to have a perfect heart. He doesn't have a perfect heart. He'd have to, you know, have really high intelligence. His genetic thing would tell them, no, he does not have really great intelligence. And so, he runs away from home after he beats his brother Anton, basically to prove, like, he's like, I just beat my brother in swimming. I can beat people at everything else. Like, I'll prove to them that, you know, I can go to space. It doesn't matter about my genetics. It's about my determination. Mm-hmm. And so, he goes throughout this whole thing and eventually he studies some weird stuff happens there's some cops um that get involved because they find out he's an invalid because someone was murdered yada yada all that stuff
0: but <laughs> casual at, murder
1: right all well, that stuff. and this cuz this isn't really like an entertainment thing but i'm mm-hmm. bringing this up because at the end um ethan he does all these things he's working with jude law cuz jude law is um his character is paralyzed uh, but he has the perfect genetics. He has a heart like he's basically described. He has a heart of the ox. He has like the fastest like neurological like system to where like he can like he's just really smart. All all that nonsense, and basically Vince um Ethan is taking Jude Law's body in a sense because he has fake blood like things for his finger. side. because they do like do blood samples every place they go.
0: Oh, so he's basically. Um... Taking his identity,
1: right? And okay. It's called a, um, what is it called? It's called a, a like a stolen ladder,
0: because
1: mm-hmm. like the double helix and stuff is kind yeah, of a ladder, yeah. And so, um, he's basically borrowing his body, but like in, a, in the same point though, like he's told that he's the best candidate anyone's ever had. He's the top of his class, right? But if they knew his genetics, they would like also like out and they get rid mm-hmm. of him. So at the very end, Anton finds out. Um, Anton's one of the cops who finds out that Vincent's there, he knows Vincent. So like he sees him, he knows that it's Vincent and stuff. And at the end, they end up swimming across this um lake that they always did this race on. And Vincent starting to get tired and still well, not Vincent. Um Anton's starting to get tired and he's telling Vincent he's like, I can't see the coast. He's like, we should turn back. And he's like, are you afraid? And he's like, no, like we don't need to die out here to prove anything and stuff. He's like, he's like, don't worry, there's another side over here. And he's like, how do you know that? He's like, I've done it. And He's like, how, how did you do this? He's like, and what he says really struck a chord with me. Um, I think it's important for like, just for everyone to hear because the line is something akin to, I don't save enough energy to make it the way back.
0: Okay.
1: Right. Where he's like, he's like, if I'm going to go, I have to do everything or I would never succeed. Mm -hmm. which I think is just it's a very powerful line the way how it's displayed because like they're in the water and they're like all panting and like they're like barely staying above water and stuff. And then he ends up saving his brother for the second time because the first time when he beat him his brother started drowning and he saved him Mm -hmm. and he does it again. And then eventually he goes getting ready to go to the launch because he's going to go to space now finally. And there's one last test that wasn't supposed to happen. And he had he had all these backups and stuff and there was he didn't have any backups for this one. And he starts telling the doctor that's <clears throat> measuring him and stuff. He's like, he's like, I could have been the very best, you know. And he starts saying the things as if like it's already over and mm-hmm. stuff. And he's like, I was right here at the end. No one had to know. And then of course it finds out that he's invalid, and the doctor apparently he could tell that like, he knew and mm-hmm. stuff. And he starts talking about his son, who he was genetically made, and he was supposed to be like one of the best humans that were ever like created and stuff like that. And he's like, basically, he says that this person. But his son does not have anywhere near as much heart as this kid, and you see him mark um, Vincent from being invalid. He changes his record to saying valid.
0: Oh.
1: And then he just smiles at him, and then like you just see his moment where like he's like about to break down, but he can't break down because like everyone will see him, they'll start asking questions Mm -hmm. and stuff, and so you just see him like freeze and like look at him like for a couple seconds, smile, and then walk away. And then he goes on his flight, and he goes in space. Mm-hmm. And it's really powerful. But I bring this up because there was news uh, in November of 2018 that supposedly the first designer baby was created in China. And his name was Dr. I'm going to say it's He, like H-E. Um, and unfortunately, there's no, he didn't actually put out any documentation to prove it. There's speculation that he didn't do that because he didn't want anyone copying his work, Mm -hmm. right? He didn't want that to be, like, free thing. At the same time, though, everyone that says that, um, everyone reviewing his stuff says that if anyone was to do it, though, this guy could have done it. Mm -hmm. He could have actually created genetically modified babies. So I bring this up because, right, you have CRISPR, which is, um... It's a technology that basically samples out DNA and just chooses to omit certain kinds mm-hmm. of DNA. It's not, it doesn't insert DNA, it just splices out other DNA. Think about it like, like, a, um, like a vaccine, right? And
0: mm-hmm. like, in terms I, have, of like, I have heard of CRISPR. I don't know why, but I am familiar with that. Yeah,
1: and so that's the one thing I wanted to talk about, but I was just, it's just so te- technically heavy with its yeah. vocab. To where I just feel like, not that our audience isn't very smart, but I need to figure out a way to break it down in nice, digestible bites. Mm -hmm. So, this one's a bit more of a philosophical one, but it begs the question of, once we can start making designer babies, what's going to be the limitation on that? Because right now there's... That's cute. (laughs) He just climbed up inside of that towel. Oh my god. And he's gone. Oh, Um, that's adorable. Uh you the night that um, cat but it begs the question of when this technology becomes more accessible right People talk about it being amazing because we could stop like certain illnesses or um, certain like whether it's mental, uh, neurological, you know you could get rid of some predispositions towards mm-hmm. certain illnesses. It could be fantastic but once that doorway is open that means that other things could be inserted Right? Mm-hmm. Like you can make superhuman so to speak. And then what's to stop uh, like certain nations from just genetically making people for like certain means? Right, right. And so that becomes a question is like, where does that stop? Should we even get involved with that? Because it's like, like who do we have the right to even manipulate things that are... Like that we, we don't know what the outcome is going to be. Like when we mess with someone's DNA we have no clue what kind of impact that's going to have. Because we might get rid of, like, we might alter one chromosome, but that chromosome could have, like, had some Butterfly sort of, effect. Yeah, some sort of massive impact with the rest of their neurological structure to where, like, yeah, you got rid of all their illnesses, but now you've made them, like, mentally insane,
0: right? And so... And also now Ashton Critcher won't leave you alone.
1: Uh, yeah. Until he does. Well... Um... <laughs> but... That was kind of the question I was posing to you because I wanted to kind of have like a dialogue (laughs) with this one just because it's there is no clear cut answer in my eyes. I think,
0: on one hand, it's interesting because we do have a lot of this technology to eliminate certain diseases Mm -hmm. and like vaccines, and some people are not using them, right? Like, they are adamantly avoiding them,
1: and there will be people like. I don't imagine anyone uh, there. I don't think there'll ever be a point where it's always going to be that. Mm -hmm. Right. There'll there'll always be an outlier.
0: Uh, Yeah. But then on the other hand, the way that nature works is it tries to sort itself out and progress itself uh, through natural selection. Mm -hmm. And so if you're manipulating genetics that way, how Mm -hmm. is that going to change the way that the species gets stronger on its own?
1: Right, and one could say that this in itself is natural selection, and by that I mean like clearly people are picking out what things to keep and what things not to keep, right? Mm -hmm. That part's not necessarily natural. But natural selection, from when I was listening to Richard Dawkins' um, Oh gosh, it wasn't The God Delusion. It was another book I was listening to. um, Oh, The Selfish Gene. Mm -hmm. Uh, I listened to that one several years ago, and it was really insightful when it comes to um how evolution works and like what happens cyclically like when people are like very giving right there's gonna be people like start taking advantage it's a really interesting book in terms of how species adapt to each other based on their behavior and so in my eyes it's like yeah it's not necessarily natural selection because it's not we're not letting random chance interfere with it but in a way we can almost accelerate evolution by doing said thing so some might say what should be our prerogative to
0: increase one way to look at that is like, look at dog breeding, for instance, mm-hmm. where humans have bred some dogs in such a way that they are genetically inferior to what they were when they started, right? Like, look at like a pug, for example, mm-hmm. they didn't used to look like that, they mm-hmm. also didn't used to have all of the breathing problems and things like that that they did. That right. was developed through the breeding process of people trying to achieve this particular look. Right. And there's another. God, I can't think of what it is. There's, but there's a couple of other dogs that I know, just like off the top of my head, that I cannot think of off the top of my head right now. That right, have dogs those and... br- bred. I don't want... not not in bread, but bred sure. in health problems. Like because great deeds the way... with their hearts.
1: Yes. Right. That's like one great example where it's like. I didn't mean to use the word great there. Um, But it's one example where, like, you have this beautiful dog who looks like they're very strong. But unfortunately, their life expectancy, I think, is what? It's like six to like nine Mm -hmm. at the max because of their hearts and their Mm -hmm. bodies. stuff. I, I had a childhood friend who I think he had at least two Great Danes. No, he had three. He had three Great Danes when I knew him. In the span of me being there, what was that? From eight to, like, 15, right? So that's about eight years, three dogs. hmm Like, and so... Because, I mean, yeah, once you start messing with nature, right, and granted, how nature works it's over a vast... Like, it's a long time before, mm-hmm. like, certain things start picking up, right? Because it's the... Whatever genes survive are the ones that's going to be dictated as being the good ones, right? Because mm-hmm. it kept you alive. But if
0: it wasn't for, like, the human interference... I don't necessarily think that nature would have bred pugs this way.
1: <laughs> sure, um, but then like, to go back on that s- that statement, though, right? If we didn't interfere with certain kinds of biology, we wouldn't have vaccines, mm-hmm. right? So it's like it's definitely a healthy balance. But once you have that kind of power, where literally you can, like, because we already have the ability to, like, like you know, direct certain yeah. species' life into a certain manner. When we start messing with our own thing, right? It's like, think, people's fear is like, well, what if they start making people dumber so that they become like sheep to like the goat, you know, like those like the extreme things where it's like they make people I think it would be much
0: anymore. more likely, like again, like dog breeding, humans are like shallow shitty creatures. They're going to start messing with things for aesthetic reasons. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily for like not paying any heed to the other things that it's going to do. I want my child to be pretty, so that's what they're gonna do, and who knows what that's gonna fuck up.
1: yeah, see, like I know for me, um, I wouldn't want any hand in designing like like having a designer baby, so to speak. um I th- like in terms th- of like 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 shaping them, like I want them to be very strong and be all this. but I like, think I like I if I
0: had that. the choice, like, no, I would not like my child to be diabetic. I would like them to not have, you know, allergies to different things. Like, Mm -hmm. I can totally understand that.
1: Yeah, like for me, like, if the the technology was available, right, and I had the capability to prevent my children from having certain diseases that my ancestors definitely had and Mm -hmm. are debilitating in their lives and did eventually lead to the demise of them, Mm -hmm. I would want to have some sort of say and be like, let's stop that because that means if we can stop it here or at least... You know, like over time, maybe that won't be a problem that we have. Mm-hmm. Granted, we'll find other problems, right? And there could be the side effect where we fix that thing, and it caused way different issues. Uh-huh. Um, and the thing is, we we will not know until we start dabbling in it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's the is it the devil's game? Is that what I'm thinking of? Where it's like, there, there's a certain phrase I'm looking for. Where it's like, you won't know till you try, and if you try. It could turn out to be fantastic, but uh-huh. there's no take back. So you yeah. can try and everything go horribly wrong. Oh, it
0: makes me think of when they, when they were cloning sheep.
1: Yeah. Um, what was the name? Dolly. Dolly.
0: Yes. And like people were real weird about that. Like some people were like, yes, it's great. Blah, blah, blah. And other people were like, no, what are you doing? You're messing with. Yeah.
1: And like the idea is like, we're not God, so to mm-hmm. speak. That's, no, I'm gonna say something that's gonna sound a little bit blasphemous. That's not necessarily true. We've definitely shaped the world into our own hand. You know what well, I mean? Like all we depends don't have power. To... Your,
0: like your opinion of God is, if that's a thing that you believe in.
1: Right, because it because it's like God, in a sense, created the universe and he created all the animals and stuff like that. We, in a sense, have altered our own reality to create buildings and you know we've moved creatures elsewhere and we've domesticated everything else and we pretty much have. Dominion over everything we want. So, in a sense, by those same kind of powers... Granted, I can't just wish things into existence... Let's see, that's where you but can but get I into... virtually...
0: You can get into weird things where people are like, Oh, well, God wanted you to do that, so that's why you do that. Right. Kind of like people that are like, Oh, no, the universe has only existed for, like... I don't... Some ridiculous amount of... 4,000 years. Yeah, we're like, Oh, okay, well... 4, what I think. We have these fossil records. Oh, yeah, well, God put them there.
1: Right. Okay, but and why? So, <laughs> but, like, the idea is, like, I think... The thing I'm trying to get at is we have so much power mm-hmm. and choice as to what our futures can be, not just for ourselves, but for our future generations. Mm-hmm. This coming in is exciting and scary. I personally like maybe it has to be clinical testing. You know what you yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. you'd have to do it through um either I mean
0: you're definitely gonna have to start small.
1: <laughs> right maybe you use odd, if you can tell that some some per, uh, some human being that has yet to be born is going to have some horrible dental illness and like they won't live past 3 then maybe that's a time that we test that and see if that works or but we're also
0: living in a time where a collection of cells has more rights and autonomy than a full fulver- grown oh, sure. person for sure so how how would that even get to a point where that could be a thing
1: right I- Yeah, it's more, I don't know how that would, I mean, it'll, it will be a thing regardless. And and I'm saying that, and people might think that I'm being like, sly or, or not sly, like cocky. But progressive mindsets always eventually shape the future. Mm -hmm. At some point, change always happens, right? Traditions can keep going. But we always move through. That's why we don't freaking cut off people's hands when they steal. Like at least mm-hmm. when we're in America, um, <laughs> Hammurabi's Code, right, right? And so <laughs> um, there's always there's always some sort of radical idea that's met with extreme prejudice, mm-hmm. and then it starts to get heard more and more, and eventually it becomes like, okay, I know of this thing, I don't necessarily agree with it, to where it's like, okay, I've heard this thing quite a bit, and maybe this isn't so bad, to where, okay, let's think about implementing this. Okay, we've implemented it right at some point it does come into existence um but I do find it concerning that we can start and that's why I brought up the AI thing earlier because it's like once we start creating and since like in my eyes we've created life we've created thing that can sustain itself and think for itself and its conscious and I mean I even heard a story where like they had two AIs talking to each other and had to pull plug on both of them because they started talking into code that no one could decipher. Oh, god. Yeah. And they're like, oh, shit, this is fucking bad. <laughs> because it's like, at the, what point, like, do you know that the AI is good? Do you know that the AI is bad? Um, but it's just something I wanted to bring to the foreground because it's
0: something. Well, and that's that- an interesting concept, too. Is like, do AIs have a concept of what is good and what is bad? Because what all- is good and what is bad is driven by your morals.
1: Exactly. And Do you AIs say, have morals? You could like. say the same thing for us because it's all data driven in a sense in like not that we're saying we're like we're only machines we are biological machines but all of our morals have been given to us based on data based on things that we've been told based on experiences that we've had mm-hmm. and based on the environment that we're in. That's what shapes our morals. That's the reason why some people are you know generous people and will give the clothes off their backs and why other people will stab you without a second thought. Mm-hmm. Right, it's all based on what you're told, what you've experienced, and the environment around you, right? And so, in a sense, if an if you do have an artificial intelligence, something that can sustain itself and is conscious and can choose to do things without us making any input on it, that one's going to be totally faith faith it's gonna It's literally have to be a leap of faith and the problem with that is once you create artificial intelligence that that literally takes hundreds of people you can't uncreate that you can't uncreate that once that's out there which is why it's like it's so important for when you decide to make those steps with things that kind of stress the consequences you have to you have to know for like you have to weigh both those things and understand that one of those things will probably happen at some point Like Mm -hmm. because there could be the super good where it's like it helps us and there's like you know a great life right same mm-hmm. thing like with like the genetically modified people right it could be a fantastic thing to where people live way longer lives um, We people can be smarter and they can have more successful lives and bring us into like a new age kind of thing right and somebody might say we owe them that
0: well, another, the point, th- another thing with that though is is the planet that we're living on a viable place for people to be living longer
1: yeah these are all excellent questions. And once we start dabbling
0: with... I maybe, imagine that the Earth is like, please, God, no. Do not live longer. It's just fine. die.
1: We'll shoot them to Mars. They'll be like tardigrades. And they will ruin that planet, no, no, too. No, they're tardigrades. It's fine. They'll just swim in the vacuum of space, <laughs> living forever. Nice water bears, you know? Um, water bears. But that's kind of what I was talking about. Again, it was a lot more philosophical thing, but since it's something that happened recently, um, that's come back in resurgence, and they're supposed to be been, like, And they were twins, by the way,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. uh, for the thing that was in November. John told me, um, he heard that the doctor disappeared. I didn't see any articles of it, but I wouldn't be surprised if the doctor did not disappear because he was in China.
0: Uh Uh-huh.
1: So, (laughs) if anything did happen, it could have happened. And I did joke with John, I was like, they do have 200 million CCTV cameras. Yeah. For those of you that don't remember that, that was for their, uh, what was it, their city-state surveillance Mm -hmm. social credit system that I talked about. Um, but yeah, I just found that very
0: fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting and it's one of those things where there isn't I don't I don't think there is an answer.
1: I think regardless, the I don't know how to describe this, but I'm gonna do the best I can. The human desire, because currently it's the only humans I can really see. Um to strive, succeed, and fight through adversity, I'm hoping it's not necessarily genetic. I Mm -hmm. know it probably is in some way. There's probably some sort of finite thing. Because everyone always tries, they try to they try to get better. They try to be better than their position. They try to make things, you know, you make new things or become more successful. There's always, a, the humans have an ambition that's unmatched in, I think, any other entity because, while it's unfortunate, I can't talk to freaking CJ to ask him if his power to sleep is stronger than mine right now,
0: but... <laughs> um, I think that, too, though, it goes back to the whole nature versus nurture debate, which right. I feel like has been pretty well shown to be both. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, even if you do have perfect genetics... You can't genetics, out one or the other. Uh-huh.
1: Unfortunately. It's not a world where you can have only nature. Mm-hmm. Because there'll still be nurture somewhere, or the lack thereof, which is still nurture.
0: Mm-hmm. And I remember... God, this was a long time ago. But they... It, one of the times that my mom's cancer came back, they told her that she had, you know, a couple months, but she wasn't ready to die, so she lived for, like, another eight years. And so I think there's give and take where genetics is over, you know, anything else. But then there's other times where mm. it shifts and there are other things that right. are telling the genetics what to do.
1: Yeah. So. And I think the thing I want to leave off with is genetics might be the plank that might be the hand that you're dealt to start with. Mm-hmm. Right. And there might be some cards you can't get rid of. But you always get to choose how you play those cards. Mm-hmm. And that's something that doesn't matter how good your genetics are, if you're really bad at poker, it doesn't matter how <laughs> fucking good your hand is, because you're not gonna know when to fold uh-huh. and when to like hold down. Right. And so I think regardless, if we were to ever do designer stuff, my hope would be that we as a species, we never lose that ambition because I personally once we lose that, I think everything everything's fucking done at that yeah. point. Yeah. Because then we've lost you know like at like that like that point, a, what then like what's the point right it's like well, I think some people might even say like is do we have a soul at that point 'cause there there is something that's still unquantifiable, but that we know that we have mm-hmm. right, so that's what I was talking about,
0: huh, oh, it's kind of scary <laughs>
1: yeah no, really fucking scary like
0: what is what is even happening in the world so,
1: Katie? Yes, Tucker? What the fuck are you talking about?
0: Oh, well, I'm gonna uh, lead off with a specialty of mine. Go for it. What does it mean when you find a horseshoe laying around? I don't know. What does it mean? It means that some poor horse is walking around in his socks. <laughs>
1: Oh no! You've killed me. Um, fun fact: I had a horse that I loved, and his name was Socks. Oh really? Mm-hmm. He died after I rode him the first year. It made me very sad. Oh no. Yeah. Um. It was. It was a place somewhere between Idaho. Oh, Idaho. Fucking idiot. <laughs> idiot. Idiot.
0: Idiot. Boise. Boise. Between Boise and Idaho. Between,
1: between Boise and Idaho. All of it. Good. Um. Between Boise and Rigby, and we did this horse riding thing. And I was really young and I had I had a toy gun. I was an idiot. I had a toy gun and I was riding on this horse and I wore my cowboy outfit because I was like, I'm kick ass, I'm freaking cool. And I'm on this horse and my parents didn't know I had the caps for the guns in there. You know, like those little like uh-huh. cap things that make sn- and yeah, sound. I'm riding on this horse and mom wants to take a picture and I'm like, sure mom. I'm like, Look at me. And then I shoot one of them and f- oh, oh, I no. just go flying. Like, and like, this whole thing happened within like 10 seconds. Uh-huh. Like, I shot him, awesome, I'm flying, and I like barely grabbed one of the reins. I lost one of the guns. I never found it ever again. They, That's they mailed for the best. They mailed the other one back to me, which was really <laughs> like sweet of them. And then, like, I'm riding on this horse, and then I got bucked off, and then I fell off the horse, but I didn't get off the horse.
0: Oh no! So my foot was still
1: in the stirrup, and I was getting dragged along the ground, and I got the shit kicked out of me. And then I, the only reason I got out was because I, my body crashed into a log, and, and it pulled it, your foot it, out. Well, like it knocked the window, <laughs> and so I was like didn't get stabbed because there was like a good stick, just like like a like mm-hmm. solid stick that could have like totally like impaled me. Um, but yeah. That horse, I loved, I thought that horse was really awesome. We eventually got back on that horse and we rode the rest of the way through and I was, felt like I was super lucky, but then he died and I was really sad. <laughs> but his name was Socks, because he had socks. And that's the story, I'm sticking to it.
0: Okay. <laughs> so, a horse walks into a bar. Okay. And goes up to the manager and says, Excuse me, good sir, are you hiring? And the manager looks at the horse up and down and says, Yeah, we don't take your kind here, why don't you try the circus? And the horse looks at the manager and says, "Well, why would the circus need a bartender?" (laughs) (laughs) Where, where does a a horse go when it's feeling under the weather? To Uh, the hospital. Are you sensing a theme here?
1: (laughs) Yes, lots of horses.
0: (laughs) Yes. So I had a. We
1: quit horsing around.
0: Hey.
1: They all hated me for that. I'm gonna rein it in. We just got a one-star review from that.
0: No. Everybody who knows me is like, oh my god, horse jokes, stop! Dude. <laughs> I don't know I don't know why that became my thing. You went on a riff one day for like
1: like <laughs> 10 minutes straight. Oh, it was longer than that. It was like the the rest of my life.
0: But like basically. I now horse jokes are just my life. Like
1: this is why I don't want to live forever, is because
0: I'm afraid I'll just have to deal with your horse, horse jokes, jokes forever. <laughs> So I had a local okay. local history and education. Okay. And so I'm going to talk about the Hagerman fossil beds. Which, are you familiar? It sounds familiar. I can't, I've heard these words before
1: no, no, in my no, life. Like the, 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 this sounds very familiar. Uh-huh. But if so I heard it, it was when
0: I was younger. The horse jokes will make sense. The Hagerman fossil beds. Uh, I did some really weird... Uh, emphasis there that made my sentence not work. Let me try that again. Okay. The Hagerman Fossil Beds National Monument near Hagerman, Idaho, contains the largest collection or concentration of Hagerman horse fossils in North America. Uh, the, the, <laughs>
1: it's fine. We'll get through it together. <laughs> I'm here for you. The fos- if only we could have genetically modified your speech patterns, we could have.
0: I don't know if that would help. <laughs>
1: We fixed it, but now you're on mute.
0: I just... (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) The fossil horses have only been found in one locale in the northern portion of the monument, and that's the Hagerman Horse Quarry. The 4,351-acre monument is internationally significant because it protects the world's richest known fossil deposits from the late Pliocene epoch, uh, which was approximately 3.5 million years ago. So, you know, just... A little, a little time when you say epic, little ways back. What do you mean by that? I mean, maybe it's pronounced epoch, but yes. Uh, doesn't matter. It's a long time ago. Yeah, it's a long time ago. So the plants and animals that are found there is like the last glimpse that we have of that time period right before the ice age. Okay uh, And it's also the earliest known appearances of modern flora and fauna. So that's cool. Uh, It's also significant because the fossils present during this period of the Pliocene represent species that were alive during the early stages of the evolution of man, uh, even though they were on a different continent.
1: Mm.
0: So, I mean, obviously, they were here. Men were not. Right.
1: Uh, No, we've been here the whole time.
0: uh, (laughs) You would think... (laughs) Panacea! Uh, the fossil beds were designated a national landmark in 1975, and it's actually only about an hour and a half drive from Boise, so we should definitely go check these out, because I don't think I've been there since I was in fifth grade.
1: Sounds, sounds about right. Like, if I was there, it would have mm-hmm. been as a kid. I think, like, that's why i I think I'm getting, fourth grade getting... is...
0: Fourth grade is when you do Idaho history? That's what I
1: was thinking was then, fourth grade cuz I remember like I had my I made a binder that had like a burlap stack on it <laughs> for like four potatoes and I I had like I think I still have it. It might actually be here in this house. It might be like in one of my really? bags. Yeah. But I know I have it somewhere. Sorry. Um, Go
0: ahead. Cuz like we did you, this no. we did Idaho history in fourth grade and I think it was either between then and fifth grade or the summer between fifth and sixth grade. My family did, like, a southern Idaho road trip for vacation. Mm-hmm. The Hagerman horse, oh, and now I'm going to say lots of Latin things, so I apologize in advance if I summon a demon.
1: Tuiseris ergo, ergo.
0: The Hagerman horse, or Equus Simplicidens, formerly known as Plispis Shoshonis, is the first true one-toed horse, and it's why do they say
1: one-toed?
0: Like one one-toed, right? Um. So horses have one toe, and that's their their, the hoof. their hoof, right? Um. Cows do not. Not cows. Uh, um. I'm not thinking. I know. Cows. I know what you're Just saying. Split hoof split animals hoof. have more than like like a camel. Right. Ungulates.
1: Yeah. Oh, what a gross name.
0: I love the word ungulates. I don't know why. I just do. Um, it makes me think of a matching game that was part of a Magic School Bus computer game
1: that oh I played a bajillion
0: years ago. I, I played the Magic School Bus games a lot.
1: Yeah, or Master Blaster.
0: Math Blaster? Yeah,
1: that one. <laughs> Master Blaster I think was something else. That's fine.
0: Uh... So the Hagerman horse is obviously the most famous species there, mm-hmm. uh, but there are also fo- there, there is also fossil evidence of over two hundred other species, uh, such as this is it's also the largest accumulation of the giant otter, uh, the Catherium.
1: Here, let me take that for you.
0: Thanks. Okay, <laughs> Catherium pascinarium. Uh, it's also North America's third most important site for Pliocene birds. There are numerous uh, other species, such as the peccary or Platagonus percy, swan, Olor hibardi, <laughs>
1: uh, the <laughs> <Olar> hibardi,
0: <laughs> deer mouse, Peromyscus h- higermensis, I, f- I feel like that one feels very specific to the area since the last bit of its uh its species. It's uh I wanna say taxonomy, I'm pretty sure that's the word. Oh yeah. Is uh it says has Hagerman in it, which is interesting. Uh Vol. <laughs> Ophemice <laughs> yes, Taylori vole. uh a Grison. Trigonictus cookie. Cookie? That sounds like a skull from Harry I don't Potter. Know. Um and a, a gryson, I looked it up, it looks kind of like a badger. Oh. Huh? It was kinda of cute. Uh, pronghorn antelope. Cerium. And you know what? Fuck the Latin names. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> I give up. Side.
0: Uh, giant badger.
1: Giant badger. I mean, the Latin
0: names sound interesting, but they're also very difficult to say. Uh, no matter how many times I look at them beforehand and, like, sound them out, I'm like, cool, I have a good grasp of these. I can say these. And then I look at them again and I'm like, what are letters? How are words? Um, large cat, such as, like, the puma. Uh, uh-huh. the weasel, uh... The weasel. Like, the weasel, not... All around the mulberry bush. <laughs> uh, gopher, shrew. Also, a camelops, which is an extinct genus of camel that once inhabited North America. Is that like a cyclops and a camel? I or don't think so. a camel from Camelot? <laughs> like... <laughs> I'd never heard of the camelops before, though, and I was like, what? We have camel? Camelops? We We have camel, that is... Well,
1: we do technically have... We have pronghorn, which is a antelope. What's
0: yes, there? and they have found that here. Um, but I didn't realize that we used to just have camels hanging around. No, 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 I'm
1: curious. Go ahead and keep bringing those up. I want to see if we have the camels.
0: Uh, there's also records of mastodons, saber-toothed cats, bone-crushing dogs, uh, ground sloth. Uh, And a variety of species of frogs, woodland birds, waterfowl, snakes, turtles, lizards, toads, salamanders, and a variety of fish, bivalves, gastropods, and beavers. And I couldn't find any more information about this specifically, but I guess a new species was recently discovered there within the next, or within the next, within the last couple of years that is currently being, um... What's it, uh, described for science, but I couldn't find any more information about what it was that had been discovered. Uh huh. What, what have you found here?
1: Uh, the Walmart camel. I'm sorry? Yeah, the Walmart camel is a fossil of the prehistoric mammal originally thought to be a, a camel found at Walmart construction site in Mesa, Arizona. Huh. <laughs> sorry, it was right below the extinction of the camelops. Interesting. <laughs> it's <like> Walmart camel. <laughs>
0: um, but yeah. Well, no, camelops is a way cooler name, so.
1: Yeah, but this one is... I think that's it right there. Mm -hmm. This is the actual skeleton of it. So Humpless? Yeah, it is a humpless camel. It's like as if it was a
0: stunted giraffe. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Huh. Huh. That was fun. Go Google a picture of a camelops. It's kind of interesting. Do it. You can find its vertebra. Oh, that's... I will give you directions at a later date. And by a later date, I mean within minutes. Okay, cool. The monument's paleontological resources are contained in a continuous, undisturbed stratigraphic record spanning for at least 500,000 years, and the fossils deposited here appear to represent an entire paleontological ecosystem, with a variety of habitats such as wetlands, riparian, and grassland savanna. So that is, like, quite a broad swatch of different stuff that it's got there. Uh, most of the fossils contained in the park are not obvious, and there are no hikes or obver- ob- observation areas where you can just go and be like, oh, look, a fossil. <laughs> if only it was that easy. Right? Um, a sampling of excavated fossils is displayed in the park visitor center, uh, while the other fossils are studied under laboratory conditions and not currently visible to, like, visitors and people come to the park, blah, blah, blah. Uh, in the it is in the long-term plans of the park to make the laboratory work and procedures more accessible to everybody. So I don't know if that just means making it easier for people to see what is happening or if it means bringing in volunteers to help in that or what. Um, what go ahead and Google a picture of the Hagerman horse.
1: Sure.
0: I was going to put one in the drive and I totally forgot.
1: That's okay. That's why I have the internet.
0: Yay, internet. Yeah. Hagerman ho. <laughs>
1: Oh, uh, oh, that's weird. It's yeah, like so a it looks zebra, like, but not. It's like a zebra on the front
0: half, and the back
1: half's like it looks kind of like donkey. a
0: like a zebra donkey, but it's been like stretched, so it's extra long. A zonkey. Hmm. Also, is that freaking CocoPelli with the bow down here? Yeah, that's a weird, weird thing you found there. Um, oh,
1: did I ever tell you about? I'll have to tell you about that afterwards. Oh, yeah. Sorry. it's just really funny. It has to do with the CocoPelli.
0: Find. You know what? Add a fossil to your search terms. You mean this? Yes. (laughs) That.
1: Oh, what a a sad little horse.
0: Yeah, so there's this particular picture looks like it's got like a mom and a baby.
1: Horses' faces. Like their skulls, their, their skulls are the fuck out. weird looking. Because it's like you have know, like it's like if you took the your front teeth and just stretch them out maybe about ooh six to eight inches, mm-hmm. and then like have your the rest of your teeth back there, and there's this weird gap.
0: The, yeah, there's a reason why horses don't have smiles. Not unless they're like in Zootopia. Can you imagine shit. that? Oh. <laughs> because they smile all the way back to like the fucking back of their head. That's that's a demon horse? Yes.
1: That belongs in uh, that's what the they Dark do. Brotherhood?
0: That's what they do right before they unhinge their entire head and eat you. Their head? Their head.
1: Why? I'm sticking with it. <laughs> Just straight down I'm the esophagus. I'm sticking with it.
0: <laughs> the monument is also one of four National Park System units containing a portion of the Oregon Trail National Historic Trail. And so there's... A couple of lookout points from within the park grounds where you can see the ruts from the wagon wheels, which is cool. Uh, The Smithsonian Institute... No. The Smithsonian Institution uh, directed fossil excavation... Excavations. Words, words, words. You're getting there. In the early 1930s, and many other museums and research institutions have conducted studies there since... So it is still, like, an active site of research. Mm-hmm. The Hagerman Horse Quarry resides near the top of the hillside of Smithsonian Hill, named for the early Smithsonian excavations of the Hagerman Horse, which is the first fossil representation of the genus Equus in North America. So, of the entire genus. So that's... That's pretty cool. Yeah. Historically, the Hagerman Horse Quarry was divided into three informal sub uh red, green, and white quarry sandstones... Shouldn't red, white, and
1: blue? Silly <laughs> people.
0: Uh, fossils were found throughout the monument. However, the horse quarry contains the or it continues to be the focus of the most of the research, just because that's where the largest con- concentration of the horse remains are. The Hagerman Fossil Beds National Monument Visitor Center is administered by the National Park Service, and there's a skeleton reconstruction of a Hagerman horse at the visitor center in Hagerman, Idaho, as well. Uh, the monument reopened the horse quarry during the summer of 1997, um, and the but the quarry is closed to visitors. The horse quarry has experienced a whole lot of like like I guess varied collection history of different people coming in. So Elmer Cook was a local rancher in the area, um, and he first discover discovered fossil horse remains in the late 1920s. Mm. So that was when they realized that these were here. So he reported it to Dr. Harold T. Stearns of the U.S. Geological Survey, who then brought it to the attention of Dr. James W. Gidley of the Smithsonian Institution. The Smithsonian field crew excavated from all three quarries during uh, 1929 to 1931, and then again in 1934. Mm -hmm. Then the University of Utah, under the direction of Mr. Golden York, acquired fossils from the quarry in 1953, followed by the Natural History Museum of Los Angeles County. Uh, They did their excavation during the summer of 1966. And then the Idaho Museum of Natural History also collected material during the fall of 1966 and the early summer of 1967. The following year, Pacific Union College in Angwin, California conducted a small excavation and an unknown quantity of fossil material was removed prior to the establishment of the National Monument in 1988. Based on the documented number of skulls collected from the horse quarry, at least 200 Hagerman horses are represented from the quarry. Um, It's probably a little bit hard to tell, since they, like... That's a good haul, though. Right, but there's probably more than that, especially since we don't know how much was removed from some of those other excavations. Mm -hmm. So uh, maybe there were more. Dr. James W. Gidley originally interpreted the Smithsonian fossil red sandstone bed to have been deposited in a bog or a water hole. Um, so he thought that the death of the animals was the result of attrition, which is gradually reducing the strength of someone or something by like a prolonged attack or prolonged pressure. Mm-hmm. So um, think like a constrictor.
1: Right. Well, is it not when we say attrition, that's not just starvation. Correct. Right? That's not like just. Extortion. So when they talk about like
0: a war of attrition right. and they're talking about like, Oh, well, we'll wear them down. Like yeah. a sustained attack, something yeah. like that. C.L. <clears throat> uh, Gazin agreed with Gidley's, uh, despos- depositional interpretation but suggested that the bog may have actually trapped the animals instead of it being formed by their remains. Mm-hmm. Base, basing their conclusions on historical information, photographs, and various samples that have been collected, Ackerston and Thompson proposed that the fossil accumulation was actually the result of a single flood event, which trapped and killed the horses, then transported their carcasses to the quarry. Uh, So then they concluded that the deposition and burial of the carcasses occurred during subsequent flooding events. So there was one big flood event that was like, kill everything! And then some other ones that were like, and now just move everything. Mm. G. McDonald suggested that the horses were killed in a single catastrophic flood event, basing his interpretation on historical information and photographs coupled with a population configuration of ancient horse herds. So it's kind of along the same lines, but just... Nope, there was one big flood and it killed him and moved him. Uh, The only sandstone that is now exposed within the monument is the white sandstone. The red and green remain covered by alluvium? I don't know what that is. I don't either. Alluvium.
1: Let's see, how do you spell that?
0: A-L-L-U-V, that one.
1: Yep, right there. Alluvium is loose, Iron consolidated soil, sediment in the... Oh, okay, so it's like um with sedentary rocks and stuff like that, uh, yeah, right it's basically all of that debris
0: Mm-hmm. huh, cool, and so that's the the Hagerman fossil beds. that's pretty cool it is, and it's it's not far from here. We should definitely go check it out soon, especially now that it's starting to warm up and be nice mm-hmm. weather,
1: yeah, which is not too nice though. Try and melt it I don't was. want
0: it to get too hot. I'm yeah. so upset.
1: It's alright. For those of you that aren't here in the, the state with us, it was like 85 today and we're over it. and like I know other places get really hot, but like I like it to never exceed 68. That's just me personally. I live Fall well between my favorite. 55 and 68. That is where I like to live because it's, like, it's just cool enough to where I can stay cool. I can just throw on the jacket. I'm done. I'm fine.
0: Fall is my favorite, and the fact that it's already 84 at the very beginning of June probably means that we're in for a very warm summer.
1: Which is why I was really happy for a lot rain. What mm-hmm. happens? Because I'm like, it's going to keep it
0: cool. Wise. <laughs> keep coming, keep raining, please. Those, uh, oh, hello there.
1: <laughs> I nearly biffed it. Yep, those. Oh,
0: hey. yeah. I don't, it wasn't last summer, but I think it was, was it was the summer before or a couple there where it was, like 110 and 111 and 113, and I was like, oh, I don't, I'm I'm not into it. Why why do I live here? Why do I live on this planet?
1: I know, it makes me want to go more north, but not to like Coeur north.
0: But see, that's the thing. There's weather everywhere. What? Because people come here and they're like, oh, I don't want to be around the cold anymore. Well, it still gets cold here, but then it gets hot here. We have all four seasons here. We really do. Which, I mean, I appreciate. It keeps it fresh. I don't know. Variety? Something. Fall is my favorite. If it could be October all the time, I would just be the happiest. Oh, kitten. He's so happy. Are you going to make kitten noise for us? That is a two, not a cat. (laughs) So close. Same color. I know. Almost the same thing. Well, shall Um, we... uh, Oh, no, go ahead.
1: Oh no, I was gonna say.
0: Oh, well, shall we roll for next episode?
1: Let's do it to it.
0: So I, as it is You always have
1: new, super nice
0: dice. I, I've I really these would love to
1: be sponsored by <laughs> a dice company. Cause I mean I love these custom made dice, but like it would just be fun to have like some like something new, and then that could be like what we take a picture of for like all of
0: our like when we share mm-hmm. the things like hey I have rolled these before. So they are not new to the podcast. Oh that's a little hard. Wait. Yes, these are my uh, Heartbeat Dice. So I backed their Kickstarter, and I was like, you know what? It is the beginning of June, which is Pride Month, so it is the... They had a
1: missed opportunity. What? I just saw that D20, where it has a heart on the natural 20, uh-huh. but it could have had a broken heart on the natural one.
0: That wasn't the point of the dice, though. Oh. <laughs> this is the Heartbeat Dice. They make Pride Dice.
1: Oh. Mm-hmm. oh. okay.
0: So these ones are the... These are the Bi-Pride Dice. They're the buy bi- flag colors that's the blue purple and the pink
1: I hope there's some dice sellers at our pride fest
0: that'd be awesome
1: yeah I'm just glad that we can go do it and we have time to enjoy the pride festival because it's not like we're not doing it on Sunday because they're not uh, having it on Sunday I don't think I think it's just Friday and Saturday right I don't know I think that's what it is
0: but yeah no these are the the buy pride dice Hmm. I got the buy pride and the pan pride ones the pan ones are yellow and pink and blue. Yeah. Okay, let's see what we got. All right. Oh, oh. I got a six.
1: You got a six, and
0: that one it's is entertainment. Entertainment. Entertainment.
1: There's some fun ones you can do, there are some animes you can watch that you've been missing. <laughs> okay. That's no pressure there. I mean, that's <laughs> no, okay. No, I'm uh, excited. You know. the, nice thing, the nice thing with entertainment is there are so there's, many yeah. inter- options. Entertainment's like a great one because it's like, ah. Oh, but, oh, but also,
0: there's so many options. There's so many
1: options, right? But it's not like wild options, though. That's so, true. Speaking of which, I now just said this, um, but I'm going to be rolling my dice. My dice that I've had for. Since se- Christmas. Seven months going
0: on almost. Has it been seven months since Christmas?
1: Almost, yeah. Then, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so here we go. Oh, I was really hoping. Current events. I was really hoping it was going to be that wild after I just talked about it. <laughs> I'm not that lucky. Oh. Um, okay, so current events.
0: And entertainment. Entertainment. Yeah. Okay. Well, cool. Well. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in this week. Come back next week to find out what the fuck we're going to talk about. Yeah. Bye. Bye. If you've got something to say, find us on anchor at anchor.fm slash WTF pod. Email us at WTF.podcast.mail at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at WTFAYTA podcast. That's WTFAYTA, our acronym, podcast. Our music was by Decker Hinckley. And our artwork was by Kirby Morfitt.
1: Uh, if you're in the area on Saturday, June fifteenth, we have there's a Pride Festival.
0: This will be really helpful information when this comes out in July. Shoot,
1: <laughs> it's fine. If you were there, you, I'm sure you had a good time. <laughs> you were there. You were there. Yeah, it's. I'm. I'm probably gonna cut that shit out. <laughs> <laughs> can't fly now right now. God damn it. Thank you for reminding me, not like looking like an ass and be like, hey, if you want to make it to the Pride Festival, you missed it.
0: <laughs> if you can make it to this thing that was a month and a half ago, yeah. yeah way to be a time traveler.